so sorry I've got chicken alfredo smacking my teeth so I ordered the this obviously yeah. large tracksuit because who's wearing a tracksuit if it's tight fitting not me um I'm really annoyed that the bummies have no drawstring so, so they, just fall, they just fall down hit me all right so I'm hoping I can like I know that James has got 75,000 tracksuits. I'm hoping that he'll take these and give me one that kind of matches this. What? As in, they're big enough for him to wear? Yeah, but he might have drawstring. I don't care if it's large. I just want drawstring. Yeah. Yeah, these will be big enough for James. You what? Oh, my God. God. How baggy do you have them? I, babe, I ain't wearing tight clothing. Nothing makes me feel more uncomfortable than tight clothes. Unless, obviously, I'm on a slightly night out. <laughs> In which case, of course, but no other at no other time in my life am I wearing tight clothing. Oh, I have I have a really sore stomach. I'm not really sure why. Again? No, I'm not as bad as that. Just I just think I've had too much coffee. Oh. But I now have another cup of coffee, which I will obviously drink. Drink. Have you got the trots? <laughs> no, just like, oh, why is my hair brown again? <laughs> God, we're, really off. we're off to a very professional start already. Why do we just think it's our phone call where we can just talk crap? Oh. Do you have any chat for me? Oh, how was Monster Trucks? So, guys, it was a little bit. So, it was loud. <laughs> it was great. I mean, look, I fucking hate getting to the O2 arena in London. Nothing makes me angrier than when someone... I didn't know it was at the O2. And if I'd known... As a Northwest Londoner, I wouldn't have said yes. I thought it would be like Wembley or something. Where is it? Where's? It's North Greenwich, which just to be clear, it's not London. <laughs> they yeah, think that, to be fair, that's not London. So it took well. So my brother, not like, oh yeah, fly into London, Stansted. No, I know. Fuck off. Come on. Who are like? Oh, I live in S. Uh, I live in London. And I'm like, whereabouts? They're like, if you know Romford and Essex. I'm like, that's not London. That's not London. Like, Han Chan the other day goes to me, like, yeah, because, you know, we both grew up in Manchester. And I'm like, no, you grew up in Bolton. She went, yeah, no, Greater Manchester. I was like, Bolton's not Manchester. Stop trying to upgrade. <laughs> anyway, so, what a geographical snob. So, my brother lives in Hackney, so for him, it's, like, literally 20 minutes on the train. Fine. But for me, and all the trains are shit at the moment, it's, like, a whole rigmarole that would have taken me an hour to get there. So, I was like, well, just drive. Because it'll take me an hour to drive to Greenwich anyway. Of course it didn't. Of course it took me an hour and 45 minutes. And we've got Bodhi in the car and it's hell. When we got there, it was great fun. I actually, you know, the actual venue is wicked. Um, we had loads of fun. We met all the drivers, saw all the monster trucks, like walked the floor. Um, and then we got let into this little VIP bar. I'm sure you can all imagine how much I love a VIP bar. I was scouting for hot boys. There were none anywhere, just screaming kids high on sugar. And then they give they say, make sure you bring ear defenders for the kids. So they give you the ear defenders to the kids. And we went in. When I tell you, I, I tried to express this to Emma via multiple messages and voice notes because I cannot express this enough. How invasively, overwhelmingly, like horrifyingly loud it is. Everybody, not just the kids, should be wearing ear defenders because it, it's like, it shakes your skeleton. It's like overwhelming. And um, 
and Bodhi lasted. So we we watched the cars do the thing around, then we watched them do the first thing. Bodhi lasted that long, and then she was done. So we had to leave like literally after 10, 15 minutes. But um, oh, my sorry, Bodhi needs to leave. She's like, I'm fine. But I can't recommend it enough. It's great for kids. I would say over five. Other than too overwhelming for them, they're touring the UK. So it's a really good day out for kids over five. Everybody buy your own ear defenders, like super high quality, super ear defendery, <laughs> ear defending even, because it is, I it's no joke. I was shocked, shocked. That's my whole story. Okay, great. Emma, do you have any news, any chat, any gossip? Um... Not really. I just had a very, very strange call with like a VA company. It was just the weirdest thing. It was like just completely, you know, you just like completely unnecessary amount of people like, oh, you're going to talk to me and then I'm going to tell this woman and then she's going to tell this woman and then she's going to tell this woman. And I was like, I'm not. No. Anyway, I'm trying to get out of that now. because It will take you two seconds to find us a VA. Like, I know a load of VAs. Let me do it. Okay, fine. Right. Well, that's that job done. Right. Samantha, good morning from a very sunny Denver. Um, Only six sleeps until my holiday. Whoop, 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 whoop. Um, Ear defenders. Love the phrase. Not used so much across the pond. I don't think that's a common phrase here either. Ear defenders. Ear defenders. That's what they're called. You know, if yeah, you... But they're not like, you wouldn't, like, it's not common... No, when you have kids, it's a common thing. Bodie's, Bodie's got three pairs at home, but we forgot them because of James's DJing. Yeah, she... well, yeah, it's probably more common for you because her dad's a DJ. But fireworks night as well. Kids are less likely to cry if it's not like... <laughs> True. Okay. okay. Right, what, what questions have we got? Well, I don't know yet, Emma, because you're not... Come on. Um... Okay, we've got a question, and I have noted the start of it. Thank you for doing so. <coughs> okay, my marriage of 24 years is coming to an end because, well, some things I cannot just forgive, forget, or get over, and my head is not in the game, and I know it's okay, but how do you keep putting yourself first when dealing with a broken heart? Oh. Um, okay. I'm sure I you mean, can't relate. I've, I've vowed never to go into detail about all the reasons why James and I stopped working and I never will because we have a daughter and because journalists are assholes um but I will say this you go through it and it's horrible and then you're through it it's really just a period of time where you have to accept it's going to be really shit and really hard and every day you just have to remember that you're better so I'm trying to think how I can so for for me and I think this I, I'm not trying to always bring it back to me but I think this is actually really good advice I thought about the way my future looked with the person I was married to and the reality of it the very stark reality of it not what I wanted it to look like which I had been looking at it like that but the reality of what it would look like and then I looked at the reality of what my life would look like without this person and again, not a lens that I'd been projecting onto, but really what it would look like. And I picked the one that I knew would make me so much happier in the long run, even if at that time it was so, so, so hard. And that's how I did it. 
and it was hard and I, I've said this before one day I'll talk about what that process was like for me after but I wasn't very well mentally for a while and you just keep going keep going keep going until that option starts to become your reality and you start to live all the things that you knew were going to be better about it and it eventually in time will happen it does happen but you have to trust that someone like that being the puppeteer of your future you're fucked someone like you being the puppeteer of your future, you're going to thrive. So it's a hard time and change is hard and it is heartbreaking. But this puppeteer or this puppeteer, you, back yourself, bet on yourself. You will win every time if you do that. And that's honestly the best advice I can give you. Don't think I've got anything anywhere near that level of good advice, but the heartbreak fucking hurts. And I actually don't think there's anything that makes it better. Like, I remember my biggest heartbreak and like I went on holiday and I did, you know, like did all the things like, oh, that will distract you. Like it doesn't, it literally follows you everywhere, but it does like time does make it easier. And it, it's not like the better, you know, it's not that reassuring. Cause you're just like, well, I don't know that you can't speed that up. I love what you're saying. It's not so funny. I remember what going through a really hard time with, with my ex soon to be ex-husband and going on holiday by myself for a while. And it was the worst, the worst thing I could have done. It made it worse. It made it, it made it really you, you're alone in this shroud of misery and, and pain. And it was awful so much. So it's kind of scarred me. Not, I haven't gone away with Bodhi on my own since it all, cause I'm scared, but I'm about to book our first holiday and I'm like, okay, come on, we're getting there. We're getting there. I don't know yet, either Cape Verde or Abu Dhabi, because they're the closest flight time with all the childcare facilities if I need them. If I'm like, I actually want to go to the gym for an hour, I can pay someone £18 and go to the gym for an hour, which I'm fine to do. Um, but, and, and like I say, just that's just like a microcosm of like this kind of macro picture is there are still going to be things that I'm going to find hard, but it's like one thing at a time, one step at a time until... I'm living a full spectrum life. And I and and I I will say this, I wasn't wrong. It it is my reality now is markedly better than what my reality was. And so just yeah, like I say, which puppeteer gets to dictate the rest of your life? And I really do think if you if you bet on yourself, you will win every time. And for some people that'll be staying with your partner and making their marriage work. And for some people, it's fucking leaving. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I also think that, like, I agree with the going away that sometimes, especially when someone's like, you know what, I just need to get out of here and do this on my own. Sometimes that can make it worse because now you don't have your support system. And I think that would be the thing as well. Like, people will want to be there for you in your life. Like, if you share with them, they'll want to be there. They'll want to make you feel better. They'll want to sit there even in silence. Like, whatever it is that you need, like definitely get support and I think sometimes going away you might think it'll be better because you're like well I won't be upset on a you know if I go to Thailand I won't be upset I'll be distracted by all this stuff but you feel lonely as fuck and then you don't have your full support system that you had yeah and then it scares you into like going backwards and one thing at a time take care of yourself and you will get there and and, and from what you've said you're I know it's so cliche and it doesn't help when you're going through it, but you are much better off going forward without this person dictating your emotions for the rest of your life. Cause you deserve, I'm sorry, there are good men out there. I know them. I've, I've known them and it's just, it's a complete fallacy that you 
you know, you're going to, if you, if you divorce after the age of, what is it, 35, whatever, you're going to be single for the rest of your life. You're fucking not. Not if you look, maybe. If you also, look. can I just say, it's a fucking, like, absolute bullshit that people are more happy in unhappy marriages than being single. I know that some people are like, oh, I don't want to leave in case I'm single forever. I'd well rather be single forever than with someone I don't want to be with. A hundred percent. Every single day. Do you know what? Being single is massively underrated. So yep. much freedom, oh. like you can do whatever you want whenever you want like there are huge benefits of it and it's more like this I guess like narrative that is like societal narrative that like you can only be happy when you're in a relationship the amount of people now that I'm with Zoe that have been like I mean mean well but will be like I'm so happy that you found someone and now you're happy I was like where was I ever not happy like I had a fucking great time single (laughs) like there's nothing you sacrifice a lot to be in a relationship and by the way having someone who's just transitioned from being in one to not you spend as many days if not more when you're in a miserable relationship or a miserable marriage daydreaming about what it would be like to get rid of this person many more days daydreaming about that than you do when you're actually single daydreaming about being in a relationship and yes the latter happens that I've definitely had moments I get really lonely and I Instagram's basically my boyfriend at night now it's like really tragic but also I have I have interaction with people Bodhi's asleep I'm on my own and it's kind of okay because like I'm chatting to people in a way and like posting stuff and you know like last night watching the Baptist and putting up my thoughts because I don't know if you know I'm a film critic no <laughs> I did study film at uni though so I do have informed opinions but I and I then there are times when I I do obviously sit there and I'm like fuck I'm lonely like I would really like it if I had a boyfriend <laughs> um, but those those moments are way fewer and further between than the moments before where I was like, oh my God, what I wouldn't give to just get this person the fuck out of my <laughs> Sorry, James. Yeah, you know what? I'm I not think... trying to be tight, but you know, like me and James are really like, we're okay. We're really great co-parents. We spend loads of time together that we elect to spend time together. We're great, but I would never marry that person again, ever. <laughs> and that's a good way to frame it as well. Of like so many people stay in relationships because of the sunk cost, right? we've got a kid together, we've got a house together, we've spent, you know, we've both invested five years of whatever, you know, like, together, I don't want to give that up. But the question should be, if you met this person now under the situation you're in now, would you marry them? And if the answer is no, you should be with them. I mean, it's so, it's just so funny, like, but I promise, look at me, I'm smiling and laughing about it. You will be fine. You are you are the master of your own destiny. Destiny. Nobody else has that power over your destiny. Oh, shit, that's the news. Let me turn it off. How did the news just come on? I've been watching. It. I'm going on Jeremy Vine tomorrow, so I've just had it on in the background all day, so that when they call me for the briefing calls, I'm not like the prime minister died. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. Okay. Right. Let me read what's going on. Oh, Chloe, you just made me cry. I won't say who, because that's the person we're not meant to name. Um, uh, Kerry, I just got you. DM me and just say, I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing you're anonymous. Emma didn't say your name, but feel free to DM me on Instagram. Not anonymous just... in the group, because the group's a safe space. Fine, yeah, but just put EC. It's not on the podcast. <laughs> just put Heartbreak Hotel and then message me and we can chat. And I can talk if you have those weird moments at night when I'm alone, <laughs> uploading photos of myself on Instagram. We can chat. Like, I'll talk again. I'm lonely. I'll chat to you. I'll chat to you later. Um, okay. uh, I went through the same thing three years ago. Utterly brutal, but you will get there here if you ever want to chat. Love that. Uh, Kerry says that she'll come to Cape Verde with Annie. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I would love that. Um, okay. Claire's also saying, whilst I'm here, 
you people literally have no idea you got me through a lot of this listening to the lives and knowing I'm not alone so thank you I've never voiced that before oh I love that Samantha I think my husband is the best person ever but my god I was single until I met him in my early 30s because I agree a thousand percent would rather be single than compromise myself to be in an unhappy relationship sometimes not even unhappy but just like why being a mediocre one like be in a great relationship or just don't be in one well but do I do I expect to work at it because you have hard days you have hard weeks you have shit times and there's no escaping that yeah but when it's like I'm just like wait what it's not just a rom-com 24 7 but but it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be a negative when you look at your life big picture 10,000 foot approach it shouldn't be a negative country on that map you know what I mean and and that's what I found it was for me and yeah, you don't need that shit in your life guys okay we're up to date we've just been chatting shit for 21 minutes okay julie hey ladies absolutely loving the ec method i can't believe we're nearly finished it's flown by what week are we in i thought we're on week six i suppose that kind of is nearly finished isn't it yeah Yeah. i'm just wondering about alcohol and fat loss (laughs) i'm your girl i like to have a glass of gin and lemonade at the weekends i mean i don't know for sure and i'm gonna have to um, my fitness pal this very briefly or maybe emma can do it but of of the the more calories in that drink you're talking about the lemonade unless you go zero like sprite zero depends on the lemonade i guess i only have one glass on a friday one on a saturday and one on a sunday evening sometimes not on all three nights i factor into my calorie allowance there we go just less than 100 calories according to my NutriCheck. again that depends on the lemonade but if it's a low calorie lemonade, sounds about right. I'm just wondering if alcohol itself affects fat loss. Obviously, I'm not going to get drunk, so it's not impacting my food choices, which I know is often what people say about drinking when dieting. Thank you. Great question. No, it's about calories. So if you're still in your deficit at the end of the week, you are still in an effective fat loss phase. Now, it's a certain amount of units per week can and will impede muscle hypertrophy, I can't remember what the units are, but it's certainly enough for you to be enjoying a moderate night out or a glass of wine a couple of nights a week. It's nothing that would impede that freedom. Um, so yeah, uh, but it, other than hypertrophy, no, um, it won't affect your fat loss. Emma? Nothing to add. I think some people used to stress out about the fact it would reduce fat oxidation rates or something along those lines. But I mean, like, so we're just eating carbohydrate anyway. And that's not something to worry about. It's more just the fuel that you're utilizing. It's not the same as reducing actual fat loss in a calorie deficit. Like, it's not going to stop that happening. It's also because it has its own caloric score. So after fats which is nine calories per one gram it's the highest with seven calories per one gram so that could kind of lend itself to being like i guess yeah go low fat and cut out alcohol in a fat loss space really more than anything it really before tracking it was more a case of oh, i quit drinking and i lost two stone and it's like yeah because you were drinking half a bottle of wine every night and you've just cut your calories in half by two to three hundred every day so yeah <laughs> you are gonna lose weight but i do remember being younger and hearing people like adults female friends mom saying that all the time 
yeah yeah same with like cutting out bread it's like yeah, yeah. Also, i remember was a big one i stopped eating bacon well, obviously i live in a very jewish area <laughs> and bagels and be like i cut out bagels and i lost loads of weight so yeah because you just cut out like two 200 300 whatever topping you're having on it calories a day of course you did um okay anything else uh samantha's just saying it's week seven god how time has flown by i'm gonna put the grad link up very shortly shut the front door we uh, fuck, oh, yeah. i gotta get a move on i know we, like is in this week yeah I'll put, grad, I'll put the grad link up tomorrow we've been sat here in a perpetual groundhog day of like it's week five it's week five <laughs> okay kiri coles hey Clara. I have a question about Apple fitness rings, which I've become quite obsessed with. Okay. <laughs> That's a red flag. <laughs> I have my goal set to 600 active calories, 30 minutes of exercise per day. Is the standard that the average person should be hitting per day, regardless of additional workouts? Just trying to figure out if I need to man up and crack on to hit these goals daily or am I setting myself up for burnout so there's certain things that I'm happy for you guys to track using tech and there are certain things Emma so I should say we are happy for you guys to track and certain things that we don't rate you guys tracking via tech because it's very inaccurate it goes from being moderately inaccurate to very inaccurate okay so we don't care about tracking calories burned on tech. So don't do that. Um, that's why you have coaches. We are telling you what a deficit will look like for you in terms of your intake via calories and expenditure via movement. We do think it's a good idea to get a rough estimate of what steps you're, you're um, hitting per day, per week. Um, and also at, we're absolutely fine for you to track your workouts on it in terms of, I don't know, say if you're doing a circuit timing or just, I don't know. I don't know, just to show yourself. I like it because I like to just show myself on my log, on my fitness log that I've worked out that day. Oh, I worked out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I can have a rest of it because I'm like, I'm, I'm all over the place. I don't remember when I went to the gym. Um, but not in terms of like, oh, in 50 minutes of weightlifting, I burned 200 calories. But in 50 minutes of cardio, I burned 300 calories. We don't care about that. Um, Emma. Yeah, I agree. I think oh, the annoying thing is like I get, I get that it's motivating. Like it, it's quite nice to see something and to tick a box or to finish a hoop or a loop or whatever they're called. So I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing, but as long as you don't, like when you set up, become a bit obsessed with it. Like we don't love that. That's a little bit worrying. And then also not to pay too much attention to it because as Chloe said, it's not accurate anyway. And it's not even consistently inaccurate. So for example, your step count probably isn't accurate. Like if you do 10,000 steps, it's unlikely that you've done exactly 10,000 steps. It'll be a little bit more, a little bit less. That's fine because it tends to be consistently inaccurate with how you log. Exercise isn't the same. Now, I guess if you were like, oh, I just log it for 30 minutes of exercise or something, then maybe that is more consistent. But if it's the calories expended, that's not something we want you to, to worry about tracking. Here, here. Anything on the live? Okay. Um, Samantha, ladies, I know I've asked lots of questions and I've seen a few of the lifers say how how they feel they are in a rut. I've tried all the tips on journaling, diet breaks, etc. But us who have been around for a few years who are struggling to get back into the groove, what do you recommend? I'm very proud of my steps and gym. It's the food I always struggle with. What tips? And maybe I just need to hear it all again. Or tough love do you have? 
Um, one, use your holidays as a reset. I think it's it, for you specifically, that's the main thing that you need to do is go away, have a good time. Don't go crazy with it. Like a good time doesn't mean massively overeating, but come back with a bit of intent. Um, Chloe and I have something a little bit different for the next round that people can kind of opt into if they want is pushing yourself a little bit more. I think what often happens, not necessarily just with people that have been here a while, but I would say especially so, is that making little changes is a little bit boring. Like it's not motivating to me to be like, oh, do you know what I'm going to do for the next 30 days is try and do a thousand more steps a day. Like that to me is like, oh, that's not, it, it's not enough to change anything and thus it's not very motivating and it doesn't really push me. So it's like you need to set a goal that is excites you and scares you a little bit or sometimes it's just not really enough. So if you're looking for a bit of a kickstart back to it, I think if you're always trying to quote unquote kickstart yourself back to the same goals that you've always had, that can become really tedious and doesn't excite you. It just seems the same Whereas if you tweak something, you know, even if it's not that different, but it feels different and the emphasis is different and you're motivated to feel a little bit different and do things in a slightly different way. I think that is often quite helpful and that it's pushing you enough that you actually feel different. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing to add. And I I would say, listen, go on our Instagram page or, and or listen to two lives back where we, we, I talked about this you know it, you know just yeah go go look at the instagram page we need you guys to as we talk i, I say it there like in terms of hygiene or finances to accept you want to have good hygiene you have to wash and brush your teeth every day it's that simple you want to be financially secure you don't spend every penny every time you get paid you don't you want to have a good you know relationship with your body in terms of feeling happy and confident healthy and fit and strong in your own skin you got to take care of it it's that simple and that doesn't mean I don't want that to scare people thinking oh my god I'm never going to be able to eat chocolate again I'm never going to be able to go and get drunk again again like get rid of the all or nothing mentality of course you can eat chocolate and be healthy be fit be active be aesthetically in shape you just can't eat chocolate all day every day of course you can go out and get pissed but you just can't do it you know more than one to two max times a week and it's just about accepting it and getting on with it um, yeah, and it's like, of course you can spend whatever on a holiday. But you can't do it every month, right? Exactly, exactly. And of course, you can probably get away with being a bit stinky by not showering for a day, but you definitely can't do it for more than that. Like, yeah. it is what it is. And Polly, when we talked about this before, and then Polly put up a brilliant post. It was a, an excerpt from a book. I can't, I, I don't know or don't remember which one. They basically said, if you stop viewing it, it's hard. You just view it as is. It stops being hard. And Emma said, oh, really- that is absolute gold. And you know what? So much of your subconscious comes into this. Like when people are like, oh, I'm absolutely terrified of that. It's like, stop telling yourself that. Just say I'm a little bit frightened. And I know it seems like you're just like it, it, nitpicking. But instead of being like, this is so hard, just be like, oh, it's a bit of a challenge. Like change the language that you're talking to yourself in and it completely changes everything and even if it's not because sometimes I think people push this too hard of like you're not scared you're just excited it's like no you are a little bit scared there's probably a bit of excitement in there as well but like it's okay to be a little bit scared but you're not terrified you're you know a little bit unsure about something and you think it's going to challenge you and it's okay for that to be a little bit scary 
I think the language that you use, like just start to try and notice that as well, because your subconscious picks up on that. If you're like, oh God, it's all so hard. Oh, God, I never get any results. Oh, it just seems like I'm never actually going to get to where I want to be. Then your subconscious picks up on that. And it does feel like it's all really hard. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. Like, remember how I said I had that like anxiety attack when I was on this woman and I could feel it. It was getting quite out of hand and like my mouth was so dry and I started to get dizzy because it's so, so it fucks your heart so much. I remember I sat there and I was like, okay, I've got two choices. I can either get up and walk off live on TV, which, you know, I'm amazed that doesn't happen more, by the way. I can either get up and walk off live on TV or I get to the fucking end. And I just kept saying it to myself until I calmed way down a few minutes in, got to the end and would have been fine to stay. It was fine. And it's kind of like it in this sense too. It's like, okay, so you either fuck it all in, throw in the towel, fuck off. And then you're still going to be as miserable as you are now in a year to 10 years time. Or you go, be even more, you'll be so pissed off at yourself. Be so pissed off. Or you go, oh no, no, I've got to get to the end. I've got to do it. Uh, oh well and then you just ease into it it stops being hard and one last thing that emma said which i loved on on that conversation that i'm talking about from two lives ago is she was like you don't need patience if you're not waiting i've never heard that before and i fucking love that it's the exact same with this just just get on with it i told you i did that um landmark therapy course and what i didn't particularly care for it but one thing that the woman said that i really liked was like life is not good or bad like life the cosmos fate whatever you want to see however you want to view it it's not picking good and bad things to happen to you life is just life life is just happening people are born people die sometimes you have great luck and you find a 20 pound note on the street and sometimes you're, you're nervous about how you're going to pay your bills that week this is life okay and you just need to go with it and stop fighting against it it's the exact same with health and fitness yeah, and that thing about reframing, so I just found this because I'd actually saved this because I saw a tweet on it the other day and I can't actually remember who it was. But um, I think it was some psychologist, but they'd said like the intensity of your language creates the intensity of your emotions. So change I'm terrified to I'm a little nervous. Rephrase mm -hmm. I hate it to it's a bit inconvenient. Change it's the end of the world to it's a bit of a speed bump. And then when you change the words that you say, you change how you feel and it reduces the intensity of them. That is so simple, but like, I think we don't do it enough. I completely agree. Okay, great. Um, people are just saying they're excited for a new challenge. Samantha says, change the language is gold. Thank you. Um, okay. Hi ladies. What about tempo on workouts? It's all too easy to rush. Must admit I'm guilty of that at times. Which workouts are you doing? But you, you really want to be, um, focusing on getting the most bang for your buck as you can out of both the concentric and eccentric movement. And that will also really help you with form and mind to muscle connection. And all three of these things combined will equate to better physique results. So, you know, just, just slow it down a bit. You don't need to, I mean, I'm, I'm a really not, well, I'm really not, as the data would suggest, not a fan of time under tension that goes beyond five, a five, five second cadence. So five in the, uh, in the concentric and five in the eccentric. So for example, on a lat raise, that would be five seconds going up. Concentric is the shortening of the muscle. 
and five going down. That's the eccentric. If you go slower than that, it can actually negatively impact hypertrophy. So I wouldn't suggest that. But anything in in a, in a two to five range, I'm fine. Like one, two, well, even that's quite slow. Um, but you certainly shouldn't be flapping around like a fucking bird. You know what I mean? Um, it is important. It'll lower your risk of injury. Like I say, it'll heighten your risk. It'll heighten your likelihood of good form and mind to muscle. And that will heighten the likelihood of having optimal hypertrophy. Yeah, I think a lot of people overcomplicate this and you can because technically each lift is probably going to need a slightly different tempo if you wanted to actually write them out. Because if you think, okay, a three second eccentric tempo on a squat where you've got the whole length of your leg to go down, that that might work. On a press up, you're just going ridiculously slow because you only have the length of your arm to lower. So you'd have to think about it for each one. It, honestly, most people do really well just being like, I'm going to slow this movement down. Most people lift too fast, but you don't need to worry exactly about the exact tempo. Just generally try and lift with in a controlled way. And I would try and think about slowing down the eccentric a little bit more. So like the, the I say the lowering phase, but it's not always the lowering phase, but the part where your muscle is lengthening under tension. Yeah, yeah, agree um mm, 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 mm. okay kelly hello ladies i have a question for emma i think i remember you talking about taking a walk after you eat because it helps with insulin resistance can you explain this please is it for everyone or just those who are over are overweight thank you so much um it's for everyone it, it doesn't so much help with well i mean i guess you could say it helps with insulin resistance it helps with glucose clearance right so there are two ways in which you clear blood glucose one is by the presence of insulin and the other is insulin independent so stimulating muscle which will translocate glut4 transmitters to the surface of the cell and bring in glucose right so if you move around after your meal you will clear blood glucose quicker even if you are insulin resistant or even if you had yeah even if you have insulin resistance um so I, I think it's beneficial to everyone, to be honest. I think partly because normally what we do, and this is where actually the time-restricted eating research is really interesting. Normally how most people eat is they eat relatively small breakfast, maybe a bit more for lunch, and then they sit down, they have a massive dinner, and then they sit down for the rest of the night and they don't do any movement. So if you think about how your body is using those calories, now you know there used to be that, kind of like myth that went around of like if you eat after 6 p.m your body will just store the calories because all you do is go to bed but that's yeah. not true but it is true that you probably aren't going to handle that those calories as well because you're not moving but it's not so yeah. much you're handling the cal calories it's more like the digestive process right you eat your biggest meal and then you sit down on the couch whereas if you were moving more when you ate your biggest meal, you'd you'd break it down quicker, you'd clear blood glucose quicker. So for anyone who is insulin resistant or overweight or pre-diabetic or diabetic type two, it certainly is probably a good idea to actually reverse the way that most people eat. So have a bigger breakfast, mm -hmm. a moderate lunch, and then a very small dinner. Um, now, the issue with that is it's not social. And people really struggle to stick to it. Now, what's going to help way more than the meal timing is 
if you can lose body fat, right? So if having a bigger dinner means you're more likely to stick to your calories, more likely to eat social, more likely to stick to your diet longer term and lose more body fat, that's going to have a bigger impact. If you're looking for impact on top of that, and there's even studies that have shown that you will get a benefit from not losing weight, but changing when you eat. So even if you ate the exact same calories, but you ate them earlier in the day, your ability to cope with uh, blood glucose will be improved compared to if you ate them later in the day. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love every single point made bang on. And this is also why like often when people ask about circadian rhythm and, and um, time-restricted feeding, time-restricted eating windows, we will say, and again, so a lot of the time, if it's if it's more effective for you that you skip breakfast and you start eating at like say brunch time or lunch time, and that's how you stick your calories, as Emma said, totally fine. That's all that it depends on the context, but that's all we really, really care about in terms of fat loss. But if you say like actually like I'm not sleeping so well and and then you tell us that you're doing a time-restricted feeding we- window, which most people do, that's usually you finish your last meal at eight or nine o'clock. And then fast up until lunchtime the next day, we are going to tell you to change that. You're finishing your last meal in the late afternoon slash early evening and then pick up feeding the next day at breakfast time. Um, it's 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 much more beneficial. And of course, you know, the, your digestive process is going to be it's going to be far more difficult if in the evening when you finish the massive meal and you go lie down all night. Um, there was another point on that as well. Um, yeah, especially a lot of our clients as well have GI discomfort, GI distress, and that's that's not a good idea for you guys either. So it does depend on the exact context of what we're talking about. Does it matter if, if you eat um, late at night? In what context are we talking about? Because the answer is going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Do you know what is really interesting? There's a study that was done recently and it had two groups of eating the same calories, the only difference was when they ate them. So they had one group finishing eating and I can't remember exactly when, I wanna say it was like 4 p.m. or something, like really early during the day. So they they kind of front loaded their calories, big breakfast, moderate lunch, smaller dinner. They did see actually a little bit more fat loss. I honestly think that's probably because you're more likely to overeat in the evening and the other group were just counting calories and we all know how inaccurate calorie counting is or the fact that they're probably more likely to have more social meals at restaurants, which probably, again, adds less accuracy to calorie counting. But the part that I found most interesting is sleep quality improved, energy levels improved, and mood, and um, rates of depression or severity of depression improved. And I'm like, that in itself, so interesting. But then I also think you've got to like weigh that up because someone else will come along and be like, well, long-term, wouldn't you be more depressed if you could never go out for meals with with people? And I think you've got to be sensible with it. Like, hey, maybe you could do that during the week where you don't eat socially, get a big benefit from it. And then on the weekend, you do eat a little bit later, but you're probably still going to get a benefit from mostly swaying your calories towards the start of the day. It doesn't surprise me at all. It makes all the sense in the, in the world to me when, it again, it comes to hormones, when it comes to also, you know, when I've gone through periods of, of depression in my life or, or just bad mental health episodes, things kind of get a little bit out of hand with me and my schedulized eating and it does not help. It makes me feel more anxious. It makes me feel less in control. I know when I'm 
on top of my mental health because I'm getting up in the morning and come downstairs, I take my supplements, I eat breakfast. It's And this is different for everyone. So again, I'm not trying to project, but anecdotally with clients who are going through a hard time, I found that this really helps. You get up in the morning, you immediately take control. You Like I say, you take your supplements, you have your breakfast. My biggest meal of the day always has been and always will be after my workout, which is like a brunch time time. Biggest meal of the day. And then I don't really eat again until kind of early dinner time and then that's it especially since having Bodhi like I want to eat before I put her down to bed and that's it and that's always like my smallest most lower lower calorie meal of the day and I feel so much better for it mentally psychologically um it is absolutely something to think about it does impact sleep quality without a shadow of a doubt all the literature backs that up um and it it that it is it is a nice thing to think about now but like I say if you're already struggling just to nail your breakfast, lunch, and calories. These are these are things we can think about and talk about later. Um, when you're in a nice rhythm with it and a nice pattern with it, yeah, we can be like, hmm, actually, it might be nice if you try this or try that and see how you get on with it with no pressure at all. And I, then I also think you've got to consider, like you're saying, whether it's right for you. Because a lot of our women have goals of like, do you know what? I want to stop diet culture for my kids. And if that means that my daughter sees me only eat a tiny salad when everyone else is having a normal meal for, for dinner, that's not in line with my values. And I, like, cause actually what we've, we've seen more and more recently as the rounds go on, which I love is like, people are like, one of my goals is to be a role model for my kids. Okay, well, actually that, that might not align with that goal. Now it might for some people, but it might not for other people. I think, and that's where like, there's so many things that come into this. You know, what does your life look like? And then we'll have someone else who's like, I'm a shift worker, I can't do that. Okay, fine. We're not saying, this is where like, you don't want to have like a kind of disheartening or like victim mentality around it of like, well, I couldn't possibly do that. So what am I going to do? It's like, it's not the be all and end all. If, if, if you came to me and you were like, what is the optimal way for me to eat for health? I would probably sway your calories more towards the start of the day. But bigger picture, like it's definitely not going to stop you being very healthy Honestly, if you're a healthy body weight and you're exercising every day, I think I'd be interested to know if you got the same benefit from it. Because yeah. most of the studies that see a benefit are people who are insulin resistant, overweight, often type 2 diabetics. And then you do see these improvements in glucose control, insulin sensitivity, um, blood pressure. But in normal, healthy individuals anyway, you don't see those improvements especially not in the like length of study that we have and then you think about things like right well if you're resistance training every other day insulin sensitivity stays elevated for 24 to 48 hours so does muscle protein synthesis so then you think well how much impact is when i gonna have on me if i'm already like hitting all these other health parameters like have i saturated that benefit so yeah it don't don't feel disheartened if you can't is my very long way of saying that yeah, no, I, I amazing points. Great discussion. Good food, food, food for thought. Good food for thought. Okay, right. Um, okay, Pam, just want to say thank you for this research and evidence-based program. Started AC in November. This weekend hit 20 pounds weight loss. Wow, you are. Uh, but more important, nine inches lost from my waist. Uh, just keeping leg strength 
and only one inch loss from my thigh. I'm postmenopausal and proving that with strength training and a deficit, it is possible to gain muscle and lose fat even for us older women. Yes, Pam. Hell yeah. Um, okay, Elizabeth. In my little corner of the world, lunch is usually the biggest meal of the day. We have it between two and three and then a small evening meal at seven till eight. Quite like that, yeah. And yeah. then that's the other thing that, like you look at all that research, but then it kind of contradicts like blues, a lot of blue zones, mm-hmm. right? Which is where like people live the longest and generally most healthy. And a lot of them are, you know, like they don't really have breakfast. They might have an espresso and then they have a light lunch and then they have a really big evening meal really late. And then they eat, drink coffee after the evening meal. And then, you know, and they're still, but then that's why I'm kind of like, yeah, but the overarching thing is they they walk everywhere they're extremely active and they're not overweight so does it matter as much when you've got all those things in place like it seems potentially not i agree okay polly language is everything reframing finding softer words is so powerful whilst here thank you so much i felt so lost over the weekend with this journey but my fellow ecs and you emma gave me such support today feels so different brighter more focused and kinder so appreciate you girls being there for us oh makes me feel so good group. um okay robin since i started eating dinner early at 6 p.m i feel so much better do you know what i think i think i'd be much more productive as well if i stopped eating earlier i normally don't i think because i'm still normally working until like half six seven i don't eat till half seven eight yeah, but I know that I'd be much better if I started to change my bedtime to earlier. But I'm just yeah. like, I'm going with it right now. Like I said in the last time, I will have to as soon as James is out. But for now, I'm like, eh, it's fine. Um, what was he going to say? Can't remember. Angela's just saying, if I if I exercise first thing, I feel like I've won the day. I agree with this. And all of your subsequent behaviours are impacted by that. Because you're like, oh, I feel good. When are you most likely to make good food choices? When you feel good, right? Yeah. Then you're you're unlikely to go to the gym in the morning and then come back and be like, it's going to have a really crap breakfast. You're like, oh, I want to get in some protein. I want to get in some fruit. Like, I feel good. I want to fuel my body. So it impacts all the subsequent behaviors as well. So David Lloyd have completely to me, right? in that they've added this pasta dish, this temporary pasta dish to the menu, right? So even worse than it's temporary because you're like, do you know what? I need to get the most out of this. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, first of all, it's already manipulated me (laughs) into thinking I have to have it every day of my life. Plus it says it's 1100 calories. By my calculation, it's more like 900, but whatever, okay? And it's really bad because it's really like, it's got a full chicken breast in it, uh, it's like diced up on top so you can see I can I know by looking at it roughly how much it weighs um, and it's got loads of broccoli peas and spinach in the sauce so I know I'm getting my greens in but then of course it's like a, it's like a creamy pasta dish with like a bit of parmesan on it and I've become completely addicted to it and I would be in an effective deficit right now if they hadn't put it on the menu because who can say no to chicken alfredo who <laughs> oh do you know what it is for me roses like thai it's not the pad thai it's like the sea sea mu- mu- si- oh, i don't know but it's like oh, 
and it is it's still you know it's like 900 calories but oh no I went through I went through a phase of tie I think it was yeah postnatally after Bodhi again tricked me so I'm like it's got carrots in it it's got broccoli and it's got all these veg in it all the chicken I need but then it's like so oily and like obviously packed noodles but it was good actually like you know what I will say this little things like that when you're not in a fat loss phase and this is why it was postnatally but you're trying to get back into being healthy really good options actually you're getting in your fiber you're getting in your micronutrients you're getting in your protein and you're not in a fat loss phase you're just trying to get the ball rolling great hack yeah okay we're up to date okay Rebecca Burford hey ladies question regarding gym etiquette as I keep banging on about, I love the circuit workouts because of the different muscle groups. Should I use a few different weights? I should use a few different weights of dumbbells. How many is too many, would you say? At the moment, I'm just using a 16 kg kettlebell for squats and hip thrusts and a 7 kg for everything else. But I could do with a 10 kg for chest press and biceps. Do I carry on doing more reps with the sevens or risk being a mention or risk being mentioned on a podcast, never for dancing in the weight session, but for being a weight hogger? Thanks. Nah, it's pretty normal to have three sets of dumbbells around you and bash out a circuit. Just don't be a dick about it. Do you know what I mean? Like don't in your rest period, sit down and text them before you know it's five minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't mind sitting down and rest period for a minute on your phone, put it down, get up. Just don't be a dick, a dick about it, but that's pretty normal. It's it's look, it's another gym guy. This this exact thing happened to me this morning. All the weights I wanted, some guy was using for a circuit. Yes, it's annoying, but it's not annoying enough or bad enough for me to go off and be like, "Can I have your weights?" And anyone who did that is a dick. Yeah, and if if you're really worried about that, like, because it kind of like partly, if you've got a small gym with like not very many dumbbells then that actually and then your peak time and you're taking up three sets of dumbbells don't do it as a circuit you know split them into supersets and just like break it up a little bit so that you can use the same weight like it's the same it'll be the same effect as long as you're doing the same reps yeah um but yeah unless it's like peak time and that you're like basically stopping everyone else training because there aren't that many dumbbells and you're in a small gym then i think fine also, for hip thrusts, I'd rather that you use the dumbbell than a kettlebell. Mm. I mean, I just, I'm going to fracture your fanny. <laughs> uh... I walked into, I can't even remember. Oh, I do remember what it was. I walked into the, what are they called? The side of the squat rack with your yeah. fanny. Oh. I was like, Oh. oh, and I was in the middle of the gym. People, I don't normally care in my gym. Like, it's, I've been going to my gym longer than anyone else in there. So I don't really fucking care. As far as I'm concerned, it's my house. But I was like, oh, don't make it so obvious. Don't make it so obvious. I was like, all I wanted to do was stick my hand down my pants and cut my vagina. Oh, it is real bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm covered in, I'm for the first time like ever, I'm really insecure in the gym at the moment because I'm covered in this rash head to toe. Get, it's so bad. I'm going to a private dermatologist on in Harley Street on Thursday to get them to look at it. Because I've got huh? What's what are they called? No, I just... 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> your recommendation. Um, so I'm gonna go and get them to look at it. It's like it's like a lot of money. So I'm like, you better fix it. She's like, this is just for the first 20 minutes. I'm like, well, this bitch better do it in 20 minutes. Um, so I, I have because it's so bad, it's everywhere, it's all over me. Not my face, although my face does look really blotchy and flushed, which is weird but it's all over me and it's spreading and it's getting itchier. And I've gone to the doctor twice and they're just like, oh, it'll go. I'm like, it's not going. It's been like over two weeks now. And it's I you know, it's getting worse. Like that's not good. And it's like, I, like, I went to the loo this morning. I looked down at my legs and it's just like everywhere. And then I'm so insecure in the gym because normally I get a sweat on. I take my top off to, in my sports bra and I train in my sports bra. I can't do that because like, there's fit guys in my gym and I'm covered in a rash. So I feel like a leper. Oh, anyway, any dermatologist on the EC method, feel free. Nothing. Hey, I've got a dermatologist for you. Well, fine. Send me their details if this one doesn't. Yeah, work. well, she's she's really, really, really nice. You'll like her. She works on Harley Street as well. Maybe it is. What's she called? Angeli. Let me see who it is. They sent me. But I think she specializes in um like acne treatment. I know this one's called Sasha. Yeah, they all have specialities. I was like, it's a rash. I want a specific. If I'm paying this much money, I want a rash doctor. <laughs> I would like a rash doctor. Um, Robin's just saying, Chloe, could it be an allergy from antibiotics she took? Yeah, but you would have thought. So this is what I said to the doctor: is that you would have thought, given that I stopped taking the antibiotics like three plus weeks ago, that it would at least be dying down by now. But it's yeah. not. It's getting worse, and you can get a delayed rash definitely. But it comes, stays for a, a week, a few days, or a week, and then goes. This is this is. Yeah. So it's all over my chest. Ugh. Anyway, mm, not good. Fully cock blocking me, isn't it? <laughs> Robin says, if a rash is now moving down to legs, it's dying down. Oh, well, well that's nice. Or oh, it just keeps slowing down your body, and then just. It's just weird it just freaks me out like it's just yeah not my fault. I told you our beauty is not my thing I don't understand it I'm very confused by it um okay replacement for hip thrusts I just hate them so much there isn't one to be honest you can do uh, glute, bridges. glute bridges fine you don't have to do them to grow glutes, but I would have them in your plan if you want to grow glutes. Yeah, I'd I'd figure why you hate them so much because it might just be that they're like in the wrong, you know, you yeah. Because I think this was asked after we were talking about broken fanny, and it could be that could be. yeah, like the bar's not padded enough, or you've got it in slightly the wrong position. Yeah, or you're not doing it properly. Maybe I'll, tell us why you don't like it alongside a form video and we'll go from there. I much prefer doing them with, with dumbbells. So I do it with like, what was I doing it with today? 36 kg, which each part of the weight on, on top of each thigh. It's just much easier, much more controlled movement. Um, yeah. Okay, she says, I just find it takes so much time to set up. So one, use dumbbells, no time to set up. And two, like, it is a really good compound movement. Like, if you're not going to use it, but, like, it is worth getting it set up, and I get the faff of it, but, you know, I'd, I'd probably still do it. You'll do more, you'll do slightly more reps, obviously, because um, you'll, you'll have to do a lighter dumbbell in order to get it, but who cares, whatever. You can always make it harder by doing single leg. So, actually, I don't really love, but that will make it harder. Okay. 
Okay. Right. Oh, hang on. Here she comes. She's such a psychopath, honestly. Bodie. Bobo. Where's my crazy? Hi, come here. Come say hi. You're so cute. You might be the cutest thing in the world. Hello. What have you got? <laughs> say hi. Can you say Emma? Emma. Okay. Oh, yes, you nailed it. What's she got on her top? Mm -hmm. Definitely. She's got Anna and Elsa having a hug with a rainbow. Oh, I love it. Like, but guys, when it's snowing, there are no rainbows. This doesn't make it. Oh, so, gosh. Miseducation of the Ute Dem. Um, okay, guys, we'll see you on Friday at four.